0: oh we uh, arrive in the season of epiphany um and we arrived there with some alternatives um yeah. the reading for sunday the first sunday of epiphany um is mark chapter one and the baptism of jesus but you and i have agreed before we started recording we did that twice in advent already we've already seen john the baptist Yep. Um, But there's one of the manifestations of God showing up, Epiphany. Yes. Um, and I guess the key phrase is, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased.
1: Yeah, I love that. I think that's a great start to anything, isn't it? Um, the idea yep. that you don't do anything and you're already the beloved. I love that.
0: Yes. And if you look at the alternative reading for Epiphany, for Epiphany itself on January the 6th, it's the visit of the Magi, the wise men from the East. Yes. Um, And I don't know about you, but I read that whole 12 verses as a grand statement, even bigger than the baptism, of this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased.
1: I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's an amazing story, isn't it? Why we call them the three wise men has always been beyond me because we don't know there were three. We just assume because... They had three gifts. Um, we don't know they were men, but of course we assume that because that's what we always do. And I don't reckon there's any way you could describe them as wise. Because, um, you know, they go to to Herod and the first question they ask is, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? Well, they're already talking to the king of the Jews and he's one who he's already got a bit of a problem with his um, with his pedigree anyway and they're saying, you know, you're no longer it. Where's the one that's been born, King of the Jews? It doesn't seem like a wise question like to ask to, to one of the most bloodthirsty tyrants um, of his era, or maybe of any era.
0: Yes, yeah, you're right. But but I wondered as I read um whether this is Matthew's construction. Um, so oh, it's man. a bit clunky. Yeah. Um Kenneth Bailey in Jesus through Middle Eastern eyes makes the point that both Luke and Matthew have made selections about which of the traditions, which of the stories uh, they've heard about the baby born in Bethlehem, they're going to use. Um, And they each make that selection according to their own emphases, the things they want to say. Um, And, Bailey points out that John's Gospel says in Chapter 21, if we were to write down all the stories of, of Jesus, it mm. would fill all the books in the earth. Yeah. So there's obviously a whole lot of other material as well. Um, I thought significant, and you made the mention about them, we, we actually have turned these guys into kings, yes. and there's nothing to suggest at all that no, they were kings. No. Yeah. Um, that gives them an extra status. Yeah. Interestingly, the Eastern Orthodox uh, Church say there were 12 of them.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten that. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yes. Names, but I think,
0: there. yeah, yeah. I think what we need to see here, because of that selection process, we need to see here what Matthew's design is. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a very sneaky one-word opening in uh, verse one, which was after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem.
1: Yeah. After. Yeah.
0: How long after? Um, yes. Give us some details, Matthew.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Mary and Joseph are still at the house where he's been born, so clearly not very long after, but this has happened subsequent to the birth. So all your Christmas carols and your um, yes. Christmas cards and, you know, the picture of the manger scene with the wise men over here and yes. the shepherds and their sheep here, they were never all together there at one time, according to what Matthew says.
1: Yeah, and, you know, whether they're, they were ever there at all is is – Part of it. Look, one way of reading Matthew is that he's doing what John is doing at the beginning of his gospel in a completely different style, which is announcing the world's changed in this moment. And he also uses light, um, the idea of a star, which isn't new, of course, in the ancient world. The um, uh, Augustus's uh, uh, elevation, if you like, to being a son of God comes after the arrival of a comet. Uh, which they take to mean that, ju- that Julius Caesar, his adopted father, um, uh, has become a god, and so therefore Augustus is the son of God. So the idea of, a, of, a, of a, a star coming is not completely unusual in the first century. What probably is unusual is it doesn't turn up to Herod or to Caesar, but to an out-of-the-way place with a person of no account from their birth. So that's a bit of a problem, and it's a problem because it comes from the east, you know, where the light comes from, which I think might sort of link to, to John, it, because John is always on about the light of the world. I think light is the is the kind of central bit in this, that they come and, and there they are right in the middle of nowhere, in a sense, uh, proclaiming a, cha- a regime change. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's quite amazing, isn't it? Um, Of course, there's an interesting thing. We need to get our translation right here because if the wise men from the East, as some translations have it, saw the star rising in the East, then they're going the other way. They're headed to India. Um, So I think the proper translation is we saw a star at its rising. Um, And as you've alluded to, these are not new signs. Um, These are commonplace. Um, But I think what is significant, here is that matthew is the gospel of fulfillment uh it's the most jewish of the four gospels but it's interesting here that everything is being fulfilled wisdom bends to christ the cosmos in the star bends to christ hebrew prophecy bends to christ other nations bend to christ um if the magi were zoroastrian uh, which we take it as read that they were other religions bend to christ so everything Absolutely everything is fulfilled um, in the birth of this Christ Christ child. And, of course, the hope, the great hope was that the light would shine and that the light would shine upon Jerusalem. That was what was meant to happen. Yes. But it's not. It's shining, as you say, on this little village seven miles away that nobody's ever heard of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very disturbing. And it's not a surprise then that this reading, even though we're not dealing with it here, is followed by the the destruction of all the firstborn children by Herod, this extraordinarily um, cruel leader. Um, of course, because if this is even remotely true, it's upset everything. No wonder you have to do away with, or I mean, Herod's well known for killing half his family, his sons and his brothers. Um, so the idea that he would kill all the firstborn children in order to ensure that there was no good, uh, Born King of the Jews makes sense, so it's it's a, it's incredibly um, disruptive in every sense. Really revolutionary.
0: Yes, and of course, if you read it uh, to the year twenty twenty four, it's still the same in Bethlehem today.
1: Yeah, right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: With you know their Palestinian brothers and sisters in Gaza and what's yeah. happening to them, the fact that. Christmas celebrations in Bethlehem were this year cancelled. There was no parade. Uh, We assume no one dressed up as wise men or kings um, because of the grimness of the situation there today. And yet still the Christ child comes, still the light shines, still the hope is seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. There's a couple of other things I reckon are worth pointing out in this reading, too. I've always been interested in um, when the wise men say or the the Magi say, where's the child born king of the Jews? Um, Herod is frightened. Obviously, you know, his grip on power seems to be slipping at this point um, in some form or another. Uh, and all Jerusalem is also frightened. So he calls together the chief priests and the scribes of the people. Um, what's interesting to me is that if he was a good Jew, and that, that's the big question, of course, about Herod the Great's reign is, who actually is he in relation to the Jews? But if he was supposedly a good Jew, wouldn't he already known where the Christ child was, uh, the Messiah was supposed to be born? Because that would have been part of jewish learning and jewish law i wonder if there's a sort of a dig that he has to call together all the chief priests and the scribes in order to do that work for him because he can't do it for himself because he doesn't know what the prophets have written
0: yeah yes and interestingly i found it very interesting that the answer to where is the one born yeah. uh to be the king of the jews the answer is uh, it's Bethlehem, not because they know or they've seen the evidence or someone's told them, but because the prophecy says yes. that's where it's going to be born. So they actually have no hard data on the on the child being born. It's just that they trust in the fulfilment of prophecy. Yes. Um, and what that says to me is that faith begets faith. Um, you, mm. you know, we know what we know because of faith. Um, and we recognise the Christ child only because of faith um and so much of the world is opened up to us um in simple trust in the god who's there for us
1: yeah yeah and I, I that's a good place to stop can i just add one more thing though and that's you know where it says in the mark reading which we need to um, go back to a bit um, that, that when the baptism happens the heavens are torn open it's quite a violent uh, idea of the opening it's the only one the other baptisms in the other gospels don't talk about they talk about the heavens being opened in Matthew and in Luke but not torn open and I wonder if that links back to this Matthew story that this cataclysmic event which appears to be something small a baptism is a small thing but in fact it's it's beginning something that will never be stopped. And, and, you know, the heavens will never be stitched back together again and the world will never be the same because of this very small but very powerful event.
0: Well here are we still talking about it today, aren't we?
1: We are. And we'll be talking about it on Sunday too, somehow. Thanks, mate.